Welcome to another inspirational podcast at Real Life Church. For more great content and updates, visit reallifechurchkc.com.
So don't let your heart be troubled. Hold your head up high. Don't fear no evil. Fix your eyes on this one truth. God is madly in love with you. So take courage. Hold on. Be strong. Remember where our help comes from. Hey.
and you're sounding even better. I just love worshiping with you guys. Thank you so much for being here. Let's uh, real quick, let's extend a special greeting to everyone who's joining us online. Can we give it up for them real big here in the room, KT? Thank you so much for joining us online. We're just so glad that you're doing it that way. We'd love to see you here someday. And uh, everyone here in the room, let's just go and have a seat. All right. If you're brand new here at Real Life, watching online, here in the room today. I just want to be 
hopefully not the first, hopefully like the seventh, to say, welcome to real life. So good to see you here. We're so glad that you're checking out what we're doing, what God's doing here at Real Life Church. And if that's you, I want you to get your phone out right now. I want you to text RLNEW to 97000. A member from our connection team would love to reach out to you this week. Ask how you're doing, see how your visit went, answer any questions about real life that you might have. And I promise, I can't stress this enough, no one's showing up at your house. They're not gonna text you at weird hours. Maybe not even call, right? We're just gonna, we're gonna be real cool with you and we would just love to get to know you. So check that, RL New 97,000 if you're brand new, online or in person. And hey, if you're in person, please don't leave here without going to the new here booth right after this gathering. We just have a small gift for you as our little token of saying thanks for being here and seeing what we've got going on. One of the biggest things we have going on in real life, we have a mission. And so this is kind of what we're all about here. We exist to see people far from God discover their real life and purpose in Jesus. We're church for the unchurched. We're a place that you can come as you are, be who you are, and we wanna meet you where you are. So whether that's you today, maybe someone in this room or online, you haven't done this church thing before, or maybe it's been a long time and you're just kind of dipping your toe back in the water you have come to the right place. And we're just so honored that you're here with us. And maybe that's not you, but you've got a friend or a coworker or a neighbor that just needs that purpose, that needs to meet Jesus. We want you to just feel so comfortable. Just tell them, hey, don't care what you're wearing. Don't care what you've done or where you've been. Real life, we're here with open arms. And we would just love, love for that to be someone's story over these next few weeks. But you know, there might be a couple of you in here today or even online, you've been coming for a while. All right, this, this isn't new to you, and you've been enjoying the gatherings, you've been worshiping and all that good stuff, but you're wondering, or maybe that thought's coming to the back of your head, what, what's my next step? What's next? What do I do besides just coming to church, hanging out for a little bit, getting lunch and going home, right? Well, I'm excited to tell you that we have four awesome next steps opportunities. Each week is something different, and this week is a great week. If you've been coming for a while and just wondering, what do I do now? This week's all about make this house your home. And Pastor Sean and Diane, they'll be there right in the next steps room, right after this gathering, ready to meet with you, hear your story, tell, tell you a little bit about who we are as a church and where we're going. It's gonna be a great time. So please, if you haven't done that yet, I would encourage you, make, make this house your home and do that today in the next steps room. We've been saying it each week, guys. You know, 2020's been, been a pretty wacky year. It's been a really tough year for a lot of us. And no matter where you turn to or look, there's toxic things, right? In our news feed, on the TV, and those thoughts can really cram out all the good things God does in our life. So let's continue to examine how we think, or let's think about what we think about, right? It's kind of a weird thing to say. And most importantly, let's learn just to get out of our way, get out of our head. And I'm excited to welcome Pastor Sean back to the stage. It's going to be a great morning. Will you give it up for Sean Petrie, everybody, our fearless leader? Thanks, man. Come on. Man, who had an amazing first week of life groups? Come on, somebody. You guys enjoy it? You got to do better than that. We're going to get you in there. A lot of people didn't go, apparently. So I'm telling you what, we're not a church just with groups. We're a church of groups. This is where you get connected and God changes your life. If you show up on Sunday, I love Sunday, man. I love the worship. You guys are amazing. Give it up for our praise team. Come on. Tearing it up. Love the kids program. Man, we all love the Sunday, but I tell you what, church is not about Sunday, man. Have you left church yet? It's my greatest question. It's more fun to leave church. If you're in my email, it's more fun to leave church. I mean, it's more fun to get in groups with people of God and just get together. I believe God's going to change your life. we got all sorts of fun groups. I mean, we got a Planet Fitness group. Obviously, I've not joined that group. All right, we're going to work on getting there. Maybe you get there. we got a Women on Fire group. Come on, somebody. Who wants to go see some Women on Fire? Nope, nope. It's, we're going to get there. We're going to get there. Man, there's some great groups all around. Every day of the week, you can you can meet online, you can meet in person. So I would encourage you to get involved, man. If you show up on Sunday and you just you kind of just watch and you watch online, get into a group. This is where God's going to change your life. And that's relationships that you meet that change your life. If you missed last week, man, we're in the series, Get Out of Your Head. And I just got to give it up for the man, the myth, the legend over here, Brian Mason. God just used him incredible. Give it up for Brian, man, over here. He's hiding out in the corner. If you missed last week. If you missed it, you didn't see it. You've got to go back online. You've got to watch it. 
it is on fire, man. He tore down the house. It was absolutely incredible. And uh, the story of his, his life and just relating it to getting out of your head in 2020, absolutely amazing. I'm not joking. It's one of those, it's like a camp level message, right? It's one of those, it's one of those closing messages where like God just like seals the deal in your life. You gotta check this message out. And so today I wanna do, I wanna jump in uh, just to our key passages of scripture throughout this series. Get out of your head, kind of set the tone. It's found in 2 Corinthians 10, verse three. It says this, for though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. Come on, it's 2020. We know we're living the world. How many of you guys watch the presidential debates for 20 seconds? Come on, you know what I'm talking about. You're like, I actually watched both the presidential debate and the vice president all the way through. I don't know, I just like sucked into it because it was like a Jerry Springer episode. You know, it was just like, gotta get up. All right, no, I'm gonna go. We're not gonna go on politics yet. That's a next message series. We're gonna get there. All right, but the weapons we fight against, not weapons of the world. It says, on the contrary, they have divine power. There's heavenly power to do what? To demolish strongholds. That there's a thing that God does in our life to demolish our thought patterns, to vanquish, destroy, and kill the way we think, all the negative patterns in our life. This is what it says about how to do it in verse 5. It says, we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. We take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ. In the last three weeks, we dove into this topic of get out of your head. This is hashtag 2020. Most of us are in our heads in this season. The first week we said this, your life is always moving in the direction of your strongest thoughts. You cannot have a negative mind and a positive life. It's not possible. And last week, man, Brian tore it up about surrendering to God and how to stop toxic thoughts in your life. And today, I want to just zoom in. Like, I want to look at one pattern of thinking that all of us have struggled with, or many of us are probably struggling with in this season. I mean, this is a, a debilitating thought process. For many of us, it has stopped us cold in our tracks. It's one of those thought processes we don't share with anybody. We don't like talking about with anybody, even ourselves. This is the voice of shame in our lives. What's the voice of shame? It's this overriding, this perception in our mind and heart that we aren't good enough. That not only did I do something bad, that I am bad. Like, I just don't feel ugly. I am ugly. Like, I may have did something in my past, but you know what? It's not in my past. It's who I am today. I'm not lovable. There's these things we tell ourselves, especially in this season. I believe God wants to break through today in our lives. There's this voice of condemnation that just erodes the foundation of who we are. And there's a voice that speaks to us in the seasons of uncertainty, in the seasons of pain, in the season when your family isn't going the way it should go, the finances are messed up. There's a voice that happens in our life. You know, shame comes in many shapes and sizes. Sometimes it's the moment of embarrassment. Uh, I don't know if you uh, are like me, but I left my Christmas lights up way too long one year. Come on, somebody. Um, I didn't take them down. It was the middle of July and uh, my wife's birthday, which is a 7-7. All right, if you were here the first gathering, I said 7-6. I mean, come on, dude. It's our anniversary. It was just middle of the end. Forgive me if you were here. <laughs> it, was good. it was a moment of embarrassment as well. Uh, Diane was over there. That's not my birthday. <laughs> Fail. <laughs> Fail. Fail. But you know what wife went on her birthday? What do you think she went on her birthday? Tink. Yeah, lights off. No, turn them on. They're on the house, but now that she wants them turned on at night. And so I was like the Griswold out there ready to plug it in. I'm thinking, are you serious? And I asked her about it the other day, and I said, remember that? You left those lights on, you went on for your birthday, and she goes, that was so awesome. I was like, oh, no. It was miserable. I never left lights on after that. You know what I'm saying? Like, they came down right after Christmas, just take them off the house. We're never doing it again. But we plugged them, plugged them in, you know, and the lights turn on at night, and we left them on all night, and we're standing out there looking at them. She's like, ooh, ah, you know. I'm like, oh, this is humiliating, right? I saw me drive down the street. Hi, neighbor. Yeah, it's me. I'm that guy. It's July. Yeah, it's going to snow anytime. You never know. Um, but you might have a moment of where you're embarrassed, right? Or maybe a moment of complete humiliation. This has happened to me uh, in the first gathering. And then it happened to me a couple months ago. That was my long birthday for my wife. But it happened to me a few months ago. Uh, I went down Lake the Ozarks. Me and my dad, we share a place down there. And if you don't know about Lake, Lake the Ozarks, there's a rich part of the lake. It's got all these yachts and, and scarabs and like these multi-million dollar homes. And there's a side I live on. Come on, you know. Like, it's like I'm on my way down in the boonies. You know, like you come up a street and it's named Shoe Fence because there's a fence that's full of shoes. You know what I'm talking about? Like, like I live in a cup tree road, you know, there's cups on a tree. Like, you know what I'm saying? 
you little turtle man. I mean, we're, you know, there's a, there's a distance. I don't know where it is, but when you get a certain distance to the lake, it's just the rules don't apply anymore. You know, it's just like, what happened, right? Like, this is lake life, just lake life, right? And so I was getting a lift from my, my boat, and I, I never had a lift my boat. I've always trailed it for years and years and years and years and years and years. And so I'm going to get a lift, and I found one for really cheap, but it was way down in, like, the rich part of the lake, right? So I'm like, all right, it's too far to float. It's like 40 miles, 49 miles to float this thing. So I was going to put up on a trailer, take it in, whatever. And so we went down there, unhooked it. Cubbley, you in here, Josh Cubbley? You wouldn't hear the first gathering here. That boy needs to get to church. All right. Um, so, so I unhooked this lift and we put it behind my, my, my wakeboard boat, okay? And we're pulling it like 10 feet behind the boat. And it, it's pretty ghetto right now because they got Josh Cubley sitting on a pontoon on one side to keep it from leaking. And I've got Logan Hardy still on the other. And uh, they're dragging down the lake real, real slow. And, and I pull around the trail to get to this ramp, okay? And I'm parked there. I'm waiting. And there's these yachts par- like sitting on the, the shore next to me on these whatever stands, you know, and then the guy's like, can you move out of the way? I've got to park on the boat. I'm like, oh, okay, and this is just one eclipse it, you know, like $3 million boat, and then the trail like splits in half to like, I'm like, oh, man, this is life outside my pay grade. The guys are coming up with their scarabs and whatever, and this guy's like, what are you waiting for? He's like, oh, my boat's coming. He's like, oh, is that your boat? I'm like, yeah. He's like, is that your lift? I'm like, no, I don't know about that lift. That's, I don't know where that came from. You know, and people are honking and screaming. You know, it's just like this big deal that there's this like redneck guy coming down the lake, you know, and I'm like putting on the trailer. It's like, man, you're one of those guys. Like you live where? Like, is the water deep enough to swim? You're like, yeah, dude, it's a, whatever, dude, it's like 60 feet. Whatever, dude. So I'm just humiliated in that moment. Like, okay, I'm loading this up. I'm in the wrong world. You guys been there before? You knew you, you from Braytown, you know, like you, I'm in the wrong part of the hood, you know? And so that, that's the moment of embarrassment. But maybe for some of us, there's this deeper moment that happens in our life, like a moment that sticks with us, with us forever. Like that moment that somebody did something to you, like that moment that somebody spoke something in your life, that moment where you realize like this isn't right and it just stuck with you forever. Like the moment defines you, something you go back to. And for me, it was when I was a parent of teenage, uh, teenage foster kids. Uh, we had taken in kids, and, uh, and it just got a little crazy. You know, have you ever been to a point in life where, like, things are running around, like kids, and they're going nuts? And it's just, anybody in that season, right? Seven months of it right now, right? Kids are going crazy, and you feel like you're not enough, or maybe your marriage is getting stressed, and you're like, don't feel like you got it. And that's the season I was in. The season where the kids are going crazy and things are happening all the place. And I was really causing a lot of it. I was trying to, like, control the situation and make people be something that, that God only had to do. And I was coming home to that war zone. You know what I'm talking about? Like, there's no peace in the home. And all of a sudden, this voice just started speaking to me. It said this. It said, you're not good enough. Like, you're not good enough, Dad. Like, you can't even lead your family. What well, makes you think you can lead the church? You can't even lead the family. What makes you think you can be a youth pastor? Like, you can't do this. What makes you think you can do anything right? And I just had in my head that I just could not do anything right. And it was that season of just struggling, the voice of condemnation was speaking in my life. And I don't know about where you're, today, where, where you're at today, but there's a voice of shame that speaks into our life that says you are not good enough, that you are not qualified. Man, look at what you've done. Man, if people knew the real you, they wouldn't love you. There's a voice that Satan yells to you, accusations of who you are, that you'll never amount to anything. This is who you are. You're defined by not just what you do, but that is who you are on the inside, that God cannot use you. And that shame paralyzes us. It stops us in our tracks. I mean, it stops us from going the extra mile and praying with our kids. It stops us from leading. It stops us from doing the things that God called us to do. Can I just encourage you? Ever notice that Satan yells accusations? I mean, all you gotta do is make a post on Facebook. Come on, somebody. <laughs> and then you start seeing all the accusations. You just post something about some politics. You're gonna get nailed, right? Just post something about COVID. You're gonna get nailed. And then Satan is just yelling accusations. I mean, you're, you're not strong enough. You're weak. You're ugly. You're not good enough. If people knew the real you, I mean, you're just an addict. You're defined by what you're doing. You'll never make it. This is the voice that you hear all the time, all around you. And maybe it's just me. I don't know. There's this voice of shame that just speaks into your life. And God, he is whispering truth to you. You know, Jesus is close enough to whisper. And he's telling you, you know what? You may be weak, but I am strong. You may feel alone, but I am with you. You may feel ugly, but I didn't die for ugly. I died for my creation, that you're beautifully and wonderfully and fearfully made, that I care for you, that you are lovable, that I know everything about your life and I speak it into you. But God speaks through his word in a whisper. And for some of us today, it's been a long time since we heard the voice of God. Like we've been just drowning in 2020. You know, your mind is a battlefield between the truth of God and Satan's lies. It's just a battlefield all the time. I mean, everything that happens in my life, I feel like I'm getting knocked down. I've got to pick myself up. And sometimes you get knocked down, you don't want to get up. Like, you're just there. Like, this is where it's at. 
And we forget the power of God in our life. Can I tell you that the shame spoken by you is a shackle from God to stop you, or shackle from Satan to stop you from following the freedom of God? The shackle spoken by Satan. There's a voice that's spoken in your life that he's going to put you in a prison to stop you from following the freedom that God has for you. There's a plan you're missing. And we're going to talk about that today. We're going to talk about the freedom you're missing out on. I think about Paul and what he writes in the end of Philippians when he's waiting his execution. And he could be saying that all things went wrong and that God isn't there and he's to blame. He says these words are so powerful. I found in Philippians chapter 4, verse 8. He says this, and now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. He's saying, don't forget this. Somebody say this, fix your thoughts. Fix your thoughts. Somebody say it with me, fix your thoughts. So fix your thoughts. Look what is true, what is honorable, what is right, what is pure and lovely and admirable. And I love what it says in the New King, New King James Version, this last part of the verse. It says, if there's any virtue, if there's anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. If there's anything good in your life, put your mind into it. I don't know about you, but where's your mind at today? Like, what's, what are you at in your head? Like, is it like, I'm just, gonna, I'm just trusting God? You guys saw the shirt the other week. God's got this. Like, there's some praiseworthy stuff. I'm going to put my mind on that, and God's just going to lead me that direction. But for a lot of us, man, 2020, the, all the uncertainty and the pressure and the economy and the politics and everything happening, man, we're just stuck in our heads. And God says, just meditate on my word. What he's basically saying is this. Don't just read the Bible. Let the Bible read you. Let the Bible read you. Oftentimes, we forget the power of God in the Bible. We forget about how powerful God's word is. It reminds me of a teenager named Zane. Zane was this teenager that if you had teenagers, you wouldn't want him to hang out with Zane. Zane was one of those guys who was doing drugs. Zane, Zane actually didn't just do drugs. He sold drugs. He's one of those guys who barely made it through high school. He, grad, he graduated, moved in with his friends. He got kicked out from his family. He was, his life was an absolute wreck. He slept with his, his girlfriend. She got pregnant. They got an abortion. He's just fallen all the way through the cycle of depression. He's just, just falling to pieces. He picks the Bible up, and what he does with the Bible is he rips out the pages, and he rolls doobies with them to smoke them. All right? That's marijuana for y'all, y'all, because I know there's no marijuana down here, and doobies, and Bell and the Rainmore. That would never happen, right? Now we know who doesn't. No skin. I love you. But he's smoking the Bible, and his life just begins to fall to pieces. And he gets to the very end of his story of where he's struggling. He opens the Bible to roll up another joint. And he sees it's the book of John. And God's beginning to speak to him. He begins to read the Bible. He begins to see the story of God. That God sent his son Jesus to die on the cross for him. That God loved him so much that this person would die for him. He begins to have a relationship with Jesus. And God saved his soul. And he began to change. And he began to break free of addictions and begin to be changed. And, and so he decided to join this little thing called Torchbearers, which is not a little thing. It's a, it's a world thing. All right? There's torchbearers all around the world. He went to Colorado and joined Torchbearers. He begins to be discipled by these leaders, people pouring his life. And God begins to do a radical work inside of his heart and life. He ends up just being on this crew, just driving around, helping out this other ministry called Dare to Share. It became, he was a van driver for this filming they were doing uh, for this thing called The Gospel Journey in Colorado. Well, the guy that runs Dead or Share named Greg Steer sees Zane, hears this story, and says, there's something inside of you. He begins to train him up as a speaker for Dare to Share. Dare to Share is a, is a ministry that ministers to all the teenagers in the United States. They're all over the place. Train them and equip them for the gospel. And so the first time I hear Zane, he's speaking on a stage. He's sharing his story. And he made this comment about his life. He said, I smoked Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and the book of John smoked me. I'm like, that is so powerful. And I just reminded today, like, when's the last time you were smoked by the Bible? Like, when's the last time you open up the word of God, and all of a sudden you're like, okay, God, there's some stuff in my life I've got to change. Like, just show me where I am insecure. Just show me some of my shame. God, just take this from me. And he began to change his life. And so Zane, he came into one of our uh, youth events one time and spoke. And uh, me and Diane went to dinner with him afterwards. And he said this to me. He said, I believe the greatest difference that's happened in my life is when I became a Christian, I began to read the Bible cover to cover every single year I'm a Christian. I've read it through 15 times, the way he said it. just changed my life. And I can just encourage you today, like if you're just going to get in front of God's word and say, you know what, 2020, come on, get out of my head. Like God just do something. God just smoke me. God, just speak to my life. God, read my heart. God, do something. When's the last time we did that? <laughs> Brush the Bible off, right? All the dust, right? Like, when's the last time we got in front of God and just began to look at Jesus and to let him speak into our life? Because I promise you, God wants to do a work inside of your heart today. Here's what happens when you meditate on the Word of God. Here's what happens when you fix your thoughts on the things of Jesus. I love this. God gives you his song. 
God gives you his song. In 2013, I went to, on a mission trip to Columbia, South America. And uh, on this mission trip, it was like one of those phenomenal experiences. Like, you didn't, it's not the mission trip you'd ever envision. Like, you show up, and there's just thousands of teenagers, and none of them know Jesus, which is crazy because that's, like, not the church in America, right? And they go to this camp, and they just tell them about Jesus, and they're bringing secular songs and stuff, and they just weave in the gospel. And I'm talking thousands of people are coming to Christ throughout the week. Every three days, there's new kids just coming in. Like, this is incredible. And uh, I remember going to the church, and it was like a super healthy church, which I didn't know what that meant back then. I didn't realize that there was culture and leadership and all this stuff that was having my scenes. just amazing. And the first time I heard this little song called Oceans. You guys know Oceans? There's a few of you guys know Oceans. If you don't know Oceans, that's okay. Uh, it, it's, it's on the Hillsong Zion album. came out in 2013. And it's the first time I ever heard the song. But I heard it in Spanish. So I'm like in this thing, like a mission strip, like broken by God at the end of, at the, end of the week, on a Sunday morning, hearing the first time this song just melts your heart. You don't know what the words are in English. You have no idea. You're like, God's using this song. I just remember sitting down with him at the end of this trip, Craig Lingo, just a phenomenal missionary. And we're packing our bags, and the last night before we were going to go fly back to America. And I asked him, I said, how did you do all this? Like, how did this all happen? I mean, it's incredible what God is doing through your life. He began to share a story that caught me off guard. He said, when I was in Bible college, he goes, I was, I, was, I was engaged to be married, and I was working overnights in an office building. And at this office building, um, there's all these desks, and one of the desks had this calendar, and it had these pictures of naked ladies on the calendar. And I walked by the desk, and I just began flipping through the pictures. And this voice spoke to me and said, you've already cheated on your wife, you're not even married. Like, you're never going to make it. And he said, all this shame in my life, like I was never good enough, and I could never amount to anything. And I left there just completely defeated. I was sobbing. I was crying. I went back to my dorm room, and I opened my Bible just to hear something from God. And this happened to flip open to Psalm 40. And this is what he read. He said, Jesus, God's talking. He said, I lift, he lifted me out of the slimy pit, out of the mud and mire, and he set my feet on the rock. That's Jesus, by the way. And he gave me a firm place to stand. And he said, he put a new song on my mouth, a hymn of praise to our God. And he said this, when I was a young person, just in Bible college, he said, I made the choice that I was going to let God write my song. I was going to make the choice that wasn't going to be about me, that wasn't going to be about my ability and about my failure. And I realized that I was saying, like, who I am isn't good enough. But I forgot that who I am is in Christ, so I just let Christ write my song. I believe for some of you guys today, there's something in your life that you can say, God, I need to give you my song. There's things that you've told yourself your entire life. There's something that's happened to you. There's something that somebody did to you. There's something that somebody spoke over you. Maybe a person of influence, maybe a close relative. There's something in your life that's holding you back from the thing of God. And God says, I want to give you a new song. I'm going to pick you out of the mud and the mire to get out of your head and set you on the rock because there's some freedom I want to give you today. It made all the difference for him because all of a sudden, I'm not leading through insecurity. I'm not leading through fear. I'm not trying to be anybody but the best follower of Jesus. And that's what changed my ministry. I want to tell you guys today that God wants you to live in some freedom. And there's some freedom you find when you meditate on the word of God. The word of God is going to declare your freedom today. I want you to encourage you with this verse in Galatians 5.1. It says this, it is for freedom. It is for freedom that Christ has set you free. Christ didn't set you free to go back to what you're doing before. Christ didn't set you free to be an addict. Christ didn't set you free to feel ugly. Christ didn't set you free to feel like a failure. Christ set you free to be free. Come on, somebody. My preaching is better than your guys' response today. We're going to work on that. I'm going to get there. He says, stand firm, and then do not let yourselves be burdened again by the yoke of slavery. It's so often to go back to the words that somebody else said or an action that somebody else said instead of what Jesus said or the action he did for us. And I love what Jesus does. He sets us free. And it's found in Romans 8, 1 and 2. It says this, there is therefore no condemnation. The word condemnation means shame. There's no shame in Christ. When Jesus sees you, he doesn't say sinner, not good enough, ugly, failure, weak. He doesn't say that. He says there's no condemnation in Christ. It says, because in Christ Jesus, the law of the spirit who gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death. You're no longer a captive to your thoughts. You're no longer captive to your failure. That God has made you new. You know, shame condemns you. It's one of the greatest tools that Satan uses in your life to hold you back from the things of God. That voice of shame speaks to you. You just gotta say, that's not you, God. It's not the voice of truth. It's the voice of life. 
my feet may fail, but I'm gonna walk on the water because Jesus. Like, I'm not looking to this world to get my affirmation. Like, this is a lie. And the shame wants to condemn you, but God only convicts you. God just convicts you. See, God, when you, when you do something wrong, God doesn't equate it with who you are. God says, yeah, you, you did that wrong, but that's not who you are. You made a mistake, but that's not who you are. I mean, he didn't look at you and say, oh yeah, hey, you're just an addict. You're not good enough. No. God says you're forgiven and you're made new. And you get reminded today of what God has done in your life. Can I encourage you with this verse? Therefore, since we've been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Let me say justified. Justified. You might be like, what in the world does this word mean? It means this, just as if you never sinned. Justified. You have been justified. Just as if you never sinned before Jesus. It's incredible. It's a legal, it's a legal term setting you free. Just check this out in Colossians 2. It says, when we were dead in your sins and in uncircumcision of your flesh, look at what God says about your life. I love this. Look at all the words. God made you alive with Christ. He forgave us all our sins, having canceled the charge of our legal indebtedness, which stood against us and condemned us. He has taken it away, nailing it to the cross. You are free today. Amen. You are free. You better be excited about that. You are free today. You are set free by the power of Jesus. This is a legal standpoint. When he says that, that you are just as never sinned, he says, forgive us all, canceling the charge of, of legal indebtedness. If it is, is you committed murder and you are sitting there in, in, on, on the stand and that you have been charged and you're ready for the gavel to slam down and say that you are actually a murderer. You're right before you're convicted. And Jesus shows up and says, hey, go and take a seat. And he sits in your place. And that gavel slams down on Jesus and says, you are convicted. And now you'll be taking the death penalty for him. That's what Jesus did, amen? That Jesus paid our debt. He set us free today. I don't know about you, you gotta get a little excited about this because we don't have to live in shame. We are set free in victory through Jesus. So I wanna encourage you that you are free in Jesus. You are set free in his name. And the last thing is this, when you meditate in God's word, and when you let the word of God just speak into your life, it reminds you to stand victorious. Come on, we gotta stand a little taller in 2020. Now some of us getting beaten down, we're a little afraid to, to take a stand to do the right thing, to, to push through, to pray with your family, maybe to have some hope, to be a person of positivity, just to encourage your friend or encourage your family. Oftentimes we're just trying to figure ourselves out, but God says, stand in your victory. Man, it's so easy to get stuck in our heads, isn't it? So easy, it's so easy. Like it's so hard to figure out what direction to go. Can I tell you that Jesus knows where we're going? That Jesus sits on the throne today? Can I just tell you what the Bible says about our victory? It says this in 2 Corinthians 2. It says, but thank God, he has made us captives to what? This is crazy. God has made us captives. Remember that law, law of the spirit, the law of grace? Isn't that kind of weird idea, that oxy kind of moron idea? That there's a law of grace that sets us free. And now that we're captives to that law, we're captives to freedom. And it says we're captives to freedom and he continues to lead us in Christ's triumphal procession. It leads us in Christ's triumphal procession, and now he uses us to spread the knowledge of Christ everywhere like a sweet perfume. I mean, what is this talking about, this triumphal procession? What's this all about? This, this if you know history, I looked this up, I didn't know, I'm not very history buff on this, but this word triumph, okay? This comes from this Roman thing that happens where Paul would have seen this, or it happened in Rome, that what this big procession would lay out as a general and an army would come back from war. That there's be this huge amount of people that would celebrate their freedom because the general had beat, beaten the enemy and has come forth from the battle. Matter of fact, this is one of the greatest honors you could ever receive as a general is to be in a triumph. Like you triumphed. Like you are victorious. And so when Paul says, hey, this is Christ's triumphal procession and you're a part of it, he is saying that Christ is our victory. You know that God won the greatest battle in history? Come on, somebody. That Jesus went to the cross and he took your shame, he took your guilt, he took your pain, he took your darkest secret, he took the moment you'd never want anybody to know about, he took the addiction that you struggle with, he took the thought process that you put in your head every day, he took 2020 because it's in the future and God died for the future and he nailed it to the cross. He went down into the depths of hell and he stole the keys to our victory. He 
defeated sin, hell, and the grave for us. And today, the Bible says that he rose from that grave with our keys in hand as our victory. And when the Bible says that we stand in the triumphal procession of Jesus, it's because we serve a king who sits on the throne today, amen? We serve a king who is risen, who won the greatest battle ever fought. That we don't have to look around and say, well, who's gonna win this election? What's gonna happen on November 4th? Like, are we gonna make it through COVID? Like, is the economy gonna come back? Like, what's gonna happen this season? I don't know, but I can tell you something, that we serve the king of victory. And for you, God has defeated your sin and your shame. And today you can stand on his shoulders and you can point people to Jesus. I'll tell you what our city needs. I was driving around yesterday, I saw the, I saw the Trump parade. Do you guys see the Trump parade roll through? Just me, okay? I was 135th, there's like people blowing diesel, you know, they're doing their whatever, all sorts of cool whatever, you know? And there's a Trump parade. And I was like, man, we need a Jesus parade, you know? It just, it just happens in your life. Like just being around somebody. Like, yeah, you know what? They, those people wrong me. You know, God's got a plan. They just need Jesus. Those people took advantage of me. That's okay. So Jesus got took advantage of too. Man, it's a tough season. I don't know the future. Jesus didn't know the future. But he went for it. And he just had some confidence. And for some of us, we just got to like stand a little taller. Amen. We just got a little more hope in ourselves and hope in what God did because who he is for us. And some of us, the greatest thing we can do is overcome our shame. Because there's something that God's called you to that you cannot get to without tearing down the, the barrier of shame in your life. For some of you, God's called you to do great things in ministry. I'm not talking about coming up here and being a preacher, or maybe you did, or starting a church. I'm just talking about being a great business leader, being a great employee, but being a great dad or a mom. There's some things we don't do because we can't see it in ourselves. You know, you can't love somebody unless you've been loved, amen? You can't, you can't care for somebody unless you know the care from God. And that shame is God's greatest opportunity to do a work inside your life. He wants to give you a new song. He wants to pick you up out of the miry clay. He wants to pull you out of the dirt and the muck. Their head's just looking down. He wants to set you on the rock where you can see everything. You look out, firm foundation, and you can see your neighbor who's struggling, and you see a friend who's struggling, and you can come beside them and say, God's got you. God's got a plan for you. When's the last time you were smoked by the Bible? When was the last time that God just broke you? When was the last time you saw yourself and thought, man, it's only because of Jesus. Like, I couldn't do this without him. Like, I'm not strong enough to lead a church. Like, I'm not good enough to be a dad. I don't have it all together. But man, God, God is with me, Amen. He stands beside me and he whispers truth in my life. I stand on that. And that's what God's called us to do. And so in 2020, there's a lot of things that could define this year. A lot of things we can say about this year. And there's a lot of posts that go out there and say, I wish 2020 was over. Can't wait for 2021. <laughs> What's God doing right now? Because Satan's having a lot of fun, didn't he? Satan's got all distracted. But 2020, this is now. God put us here today. Paul says, take no thought for tomorrow because there's enough worry for, it to, for itself, but only take thought for today. I'm not worried about tomorrow. Do we're going to be next week at KT? <laughs> Whatever. God's got a plan. God's going to use it. God's going to use you to lead your family. I want to encourage you today, man. Stand in victory, amen. Some of you guys got to get up a little bit. I really want you guys to stand to your feet, but I'm not going to make you do it. I'm going to chest bumps, you know? Victory, you know? Our triumph in Jesus. Like we have a we have a God that sits on a throne. Do we forget it? It's so easy to, isn't it? And today I'm just telling you, to get out of your head. Make out of your head. You are forgiven. And shame, it doesn't own you. God loves you. You are a child of his, a son and daughter of the king today. Father, we come before you. God I pray you to set us free. God, even if we know you already, God set us free. God, you saved us for freedom. You didn't save us to sit in our sin. God, you saved us to stand tall in victory. God, we are overcomers. God, we are more than overcomers. God, there's nothing in front of us or behind us. There's no angels or principalities or demons or things to come. God, that will separate us from the love that's in Christ Jesus. I pray today, God, that you do a work that only you can do. God, we leave here changed. We didn't show up to hear a message. God, we showed up to hear from you. So God, change us. God, just smoke us today. 
do something only you can do in our hearts. See, I want to pray for somebody today that's struggling. They say, you know what, I've, I've been struggling in shame. 2020 has got me. But today I see that I need Jesus. Like, I want to overcome shame in my life. Like, I want to hear the voice of God. Maybe for the first time in a long time, I need smoked by him. I need God to use my life. If that's you, David, just raise your hand. I'll be looking around and say, no, I'm unashamed. Man, I see the song of victory that God's put in my heart today. I'm going to live for him. I see your hands. Hands up all around. I want to pray for you, God, to do work in our hearts. God, we've been stuck in our same song on repeat. Same song, different verse. Same song, different verse. And Satan has got us in a spot where maybe we don't feel like we can ever change. But today, God, we just look to the cross. We know it's not our ability that changes, God. It's your ability. And it's a finished work, God. You've already done it. You've declared us righteous just as we never sinned. And so, God, we're going to live in victory today. We're going to be excited about this. There's some spiritual enthusiasm that's running through my veins because I know my life is not about me and that shame and that guilt and that fear and that condemnation. is not a voice of God. It's a voice of Satan trying to shackle me from the things that God has called me to do. So, God, I pray and I hear your voice clearer than ever. God, you put my feet on the the rock. God, I'm not going to look back and look at 2020 and say it's a year of defeat. This is a year of victory. We're going to overcome because of who sits on the throne. So God, make us the greatest dads and the greatest moms and the greatest leaders for you, God. I pray that we stand tall on the procession of the triumph of Christ, the greatest victory the world will ever know. I just pray today, God, that you'd move us. God, shake us. Allow us to be a church on fire, God, smoked by you. God, I pray for one other person in this room. There's somebody today that walked in and doesn't know Jesus. Somebody today that walked in and said, you know, I'm a mess. I'm just an addict. And maybe you feel like you're an addict, but today you realize that you're more than an addict. You're a child of God. Maybe you feel like a failure, but today you're hearing from God that you're not a failure. That's just what you did, but it's not who you are. Maybe you walked in today and you felt dirty and you thought you were dirty, but today you realize you may feel that way, but you are not dirty because Christ made you clean on the cross. You're a loved son or daughter of the King. And today you need to say yes to Jesus. The Bible says that anybody who calls on the name of Jesus will be saved and forgiven and made new. And so if that's you today and you want new life in Christ, you want a purpose, you want your shame to be stripped away. If that's you, I want you to, I encourage you to pray this prayer with me. To say, Father God, thank you so much for sending your best, for sending Jesus who loved me when I felt like I was unlovable. God, thank you for dying for my shame and setting me free. God, thank you so much for what you're doing. God, I pray, God, that, that you can have my life. God, I want to serve you and follow you. I praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, give it for those who came to Christ today. Go online. Man, can I encourage you guys that we are free in Christ? You guys ready to represent the procession of freedom in Jesus? You guys going to live a little stand tall this week when you go out in the world? Come on. Give it up for what God's doing. Let's be a church of freedom. Let's be a church of the triumph, the triumph of Jesus. Come on. Thank you, man. Sean, wow, that was incredible. Thank you. Hey, can we just give Sean another round? Uh, just because... I mean, brother was preaching today. I mean, I'm saying, wow. Here's what's so exciting about that. Sean puts hours into this, praying and asking God for his direction. What does he want uh, to say? And he wants to do that for you. It puts all this time and energy into it for you. It's amazing what Sean read in uh, scripture where it says, God picks you up out of the slimy pit and he puts a new song in your mouth. And if you've come to Christ today, you've given your life to Christ today, he's put a new song in your mouth. So what we want to do is give you the lyrics to that song. Amen? And there's two ways that we can do that. You're going to text RL Next to 97000. And we're just going to send you some free resources. We're going to send you those lyrics and help get you connected and help you grow. Because all the time that Sean put into a message, everybody's put in all kinds of other time to get to that place so that we can be a support to you. And if you're here today and you're in the audience, in the back on the table on the way out, there's a red bag there. And I just want you to grab that because inside the bag, there's a Bible and there's some other resources. Again, it's just the lyrics to that new song and we want to give that to you. So please take advantage and take that. Hey, if you're new here, just come to Christ or you've been coming here for a while, Sean was talking about life groups. And what an amazing thing to get connected to other people who are like-minded, who are 
going after Jesus and they're growing in their walk. They're being set free of different things, but they're doing it together. And I want to encourage you to do that. If you're a lady here today, you can get yourself set on fire. I don't know what's going on over there, but he mentioned it. It's available to you. And like I said, there's all kinds of different Monday night football. There's Planet Fitness. There's all kinds of different life groups that you can connect with. And I just want to encourage you to do that. But there's something else. We read in scripture that God loves a cheerful giver. And we always say that, I'm like, why is because he's trying to get my money? Is that what the deal is? It's, that's not what it is. God loves a cheerful giver. I, somebody told me something. I had to share this with you. If you're like me, you go to a restaurant and when you get the check and it's time to figure out what the tip amount is. For me, it's like two amounts come into my mind. And if I go with the lesser amount, like the rest of the day, I kind of feel like a little cheap. You know what I mean? Like, oh, I could have given a little more and just, I don't know. It doesn't sit right. But if I go with a bigger amount, the rest of my day, there's like a different joy there. You know what I'm saying? Like I gave of myself so that that server could have a little bit more for herself or for himself. And there's just a joy that I get when I do that. Does that make sense? So when God says, hey, I love a cheerful giver, that's a benefit for you. It's because he wants that joy for you. God's got all the money, amen? But he wants you to be able to participate in what he's doing and for you to grow and to be set free. And we've got three ways that you can give and participate in that. One of them is you can go to reallifechurchkc.com. You can give there. Or you can text any amount to 84321. Or there's a box in the back if you want to drop cash or put in an envelope. You can do that there. And I want to show you something. This is so amazing. This is what happens when you give and you really participate. You have to check this video out. Check it out. I just wanted to introduce you to Jada and Riley. Um, they are a couple of girls in our youth ministry, which is Real Life Youth. We meet on Sunday nights. And um, I recently asked for our students to vote on the theme of the night. And I should have known better because theme of the night for teenagers basically just involves food. So the theme that they chose was, wait for it, chicken nugget night, you guys. Uh, asked all of them to invite their friends and Jada and Riley both showed up with a total of six friends, you guys. How awesome is that? So what I wanna find out from them today is, how did you do it? I just texted them and asked them at school and practice that they should come and like, it's really fun. I told them just a bunch of great things about church and just our youth and everything. So you just asked? Yeah. That's yeah. it. So you just were persistent. So are these people that you knew from like school? Did you play sports with them, I guess you were saying? Yeah, a lot of the people were from my softball team and just from school. They all had siblings, so we're like, just bring all them. That's, that's amazing. So basically, just as simple as that, just inviting some friends, right? So Jada and Riley, you guys, these, they're 16 years old and 14 years old. And what I kind of want to know from them today, something that I feel like we tend to as adults overcomplicate, is what are some, what's some advice that you guys have for us? Just don't be scared. Just do it. There's nothing that like bad that will happen. Like the least, the worst thing that'll happen yeah. is they say no. <laughs> Isn't that ridiculous, you guys? <laughs> I feel like it's just insane to me how a lot of times as adults, we tend to overcomplicate the simple invite and how that simple invite can just make a huge difference in somebody's life and impact them for Christ. You never know what that invite is gonna do, you guys. So I just wanna say from our church to you guys, thank you guys just for being an example to us and just for helping us to remember how simple it is to just invite somebody to come to church. And I know Jade and Riley would agree, if you guys have not yet been to Real Life Youth, you should totally check it out. If your student hasn't come, come and visit us. We would love to partner with you guys and we would love to help your students get connected and for them to invite their friends too so we can have another six people each week coming to Real Life Youth, you guys. So let's give it up really quick one more time for Jada and Riley, everybody. Man, I'm just telling you, like right now, after watching that, if I was an emoji, I would be the fire emoji. You know what I'm saying? Like, I love teenagers that come to Jesus. And that's what I'm telling you. When you participate that way, you get to buy chicken nuggets for teenagers. It's incredible what God is doing through our youth group. 
And also, I spent a lot of years doing youth ministry. And if only my last name was Cubley, I would have been good at it. Can we give them a round for the Cubleys? Because what's going on in youth group is incredible. Amen. Yes. So proud of you guys for following Jesus and that. And that's amazing. So one last thing. I'm not going to forget because Trayvon said he wouldn't let me forget. If you need prayer. After the service, after I'm done running my mouth, you can come up front and we have people up here. They will pray for you. If you're new here, 